I don't have to love my body every day. And though I'm so grateful for my body and what it allows me to do. And like, it's allowed me to have two children and it's, yeah, it's constantly reframing those thoughts and, and bringing myself back to, okay, that's a thought and it is just a thought. And I don't need to listen to that. I get to choose what thoughts I want to create. Hi everyone, I'm Al Daniel, yoga teacher, coach, writer, and now host of this podcast, Well Actually. In this podcast, we will explore well-being practices and self-care that actually work, getting into the nitty-gritty and sometimes uncomfortable aspects of what's really needed to live a life truly well. Join me and my expert guests in honest conversations about how to take ownership of your physical, mental and emotional health, cutting through the fluff so that you can make this year your best yet. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to Well Hi everyone and welcome back to episode 9, season 2 of Well Actually, the podcast that brings real conversations about real wellness from real people who've lived it. I'm so excited about this week's guest. We have Ellen Toosey with us this week to talk all things food freedom and body neutrality. Ellen and I met whilst both studying the emotional eating course at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. As an IIN health coach, Ellen not only has academic expertise on the topics of body neutrality and food freedom, but has really mastered them through her own personal lived experience. If you, like me, like so many of us, struggle with food, diet culture and addiction to exercise, then this conversation is really a balm. It's so heartening to hear it from someone who is healing on such a deep level and helping others to do the same. Thanks as ever to the talented Palena for the music and please stick around to the end of the episode to let me know what you think and be sure to share it. Now, onto the conversation. Welcome, Ellen, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being a guest. Um, so I always kick off by asking my guests, are you well, actually? Yes, thank you for having me on here. And well, actually, I am well, <laughs> actually. Um, I recently, I would say I, I feel the most well that I've felt in a very long time, which is exciting to say. Uh um, I guess in my feelings around like what well is have really changed. So mm. yeah, like now I would say like I'm feeling really healthy and happy. I'm feeling at peace and really safe within my body, which is a huge part of wellness for me. Mm. Um, feeling nourished and connected, like relationships are good and I'm really doing things that mean something to me that I'm passionate about and that I love. So yeah, like physically, mentally, spiritually, I'm feeling really great. And I would say, yeah, so that I am feeling well. And that's not to say that every now and again, I'm like, oh gosh. And there aren't some things that come up and some challenges that I have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're always evolving and uh, changing and and growing and that can feel stretchy which is also great so yeah right now I'm I'm really grateful to be where I am and and living the life that I am that's so great you talked there about um feeling safe in your body which I love can you tell me a little bit more about that feeling so I guess in the past wellness like for me used to be a lot more about physical appearance and you know like if I was doing well then it kind of meant I was eating healthy foods and I and physically I was like fit and not unwell not sick kind of thing mm -hmm. whereas now like so much of wellness yes is about just really feeling at home with my body feeling connected to it 
listening to it, trusting it, giving it what it needs without worrying about how others might perceive that, I guess, and worrying about having to constantly change my body. And yeah, like in the past when I used to think that well was a certain look, Mm. now is, now for me, well is, I guess, a being and that being is being myself and, and doing what I need Mm. to feel great in my body. And what do you think changed that for you? Oh, a whole lot. (laughs) 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 So I guess for, yeah, like, you know, a little bit of my back history for around, I don't know, at least a decade of my life, I had really disordered eating and I really struggled with my body image and I guess it got to a point where I knew something had to change and I wasn't like people would look at me and say oh you're so healthy and you're so well and though I knew I was far from that Mm -hmm. and just because I may have looked the part internally I had so many struggles and and also like physically although the physical look was there like I hadn't had a period I would get a period once a year that would be maybe just for a day and then I would then it would basically be non-existent again um like you know like my hair wasn't growing very well there was lots of other like physical symptoms that really like I knew I wasn't healthy and well so Also mentally, I was constantly consumed with thoughts of food and my body and, you know, punishing myself if I were to eat food that I deemed to be bad or unhealthy. And so, yeah, there were like lots of things that went on for far too long to the point where, yeah, when I was first kind of really solidly dating my now husband Mm. it really started to affect our relationship in a few different ways um you know like he could never cook for me because I'd be hovering over him I was terrified if he would use butter in the pan or oil with Mm. the thing or and um you know even like surprise dates to places I'd need to know what was on the menu and um if there was something healthy enough for me to eat on there there were lots of like little ways and even like, bless him, he is such an intuitive eater and he has like such a sweet tooth too. And like him of a nighttime relaxing would, you know, often get a cookie or chocolate and like me inside would just be boiling up so mad and like how could he be eating that in front of me? Mm-hmm. And though it had nothing to do with him and it was all about me, And so, yeah, like lots of these things, I guess I knew were a big like indication that things needed to change for me. Yeah. Then obviously not having a regular period uh, when we wanted to have children, it just became almost impossible. We tried lots of different things. Um, And yeah, then I really knew that I had to, I mean, I was diagnosed with PCOS eventually, like I saw many different specialists and really it was kind of a blanket, I don't know what's wrong with you. And I did have a lot of the symptoms of PCOS, uh, though if you put me in a lineup, they said, you know, like I didn't have excessive hair growth Um, I wasn't overweight I was quite underweight and these were things you know and then so for me really at the point where I was I knew so much of it was because of my relationship with food and my body and I knew it was all of like that mental restriction and all of the worry and the overthinking and the fact that I was you know 
underweight. I was over-exercising like crazy. I, I would exercise seven days a week easily for a couple of hours, sometimes every day. Wow. Um, so like it was these things that I knew, okay, maybe I may have some PCOS and though this is a major factor for me. Um, so it was really for me then saying, okay, if kids are something that I want, then this is something that I need to do. And I knew I couldn't live my life like this any longer. Like I yeah. was like, I'm done with this. I can't. It's like actually exhausting mm. and all consuming. So, um, so yeah, like, I guess that was my, my kind of turning point there. And from there, that's, it's only really continued. My daughter, who I had eventually in by natural contraception after being told we actually wouldn't be able to have kids and we'd have to do IVF. Mm. Uh, she is now almost six years old. Mm. So it's been that long of a journey really. And even in amongst kids, I've still had like that in and out of what am I doing here and can I do this and I still need to do this. And then like also having kids then was massive for me because I knew that I wanted to be the one to really end that generational like continuation yes of of all of those like food and body types of things so now it's become yeah like even more important to me to continue on my healing journey because I know that I get to be a positive role model for my daughter and my son and Mm. and it's beautiful like we have the most beautiful conversations now Um, my daughter actually asked me uh like a week or so ago, I was getting chained and they're always around because that's what they do. They yeah. follow me <laughs> to the toilet, to the shower, yeah. wherever yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. never far behind. And um, yeah, as I was changing, Alice, Alice said to me, Mom, like, what are those bumps on your bottom and, and on your leg? And she noticed a bit of my cellulite, and I was like, That's cellulite. And I was like, lots of people have it and some people don't and it's like it's how our, our bodies store fat and you know fat helps to keep us warm and it l- keeps our body safe and keeps our body mm. you know regulating and um yeah and I, like it's kind of having those conversations at her level and letting her know that yeah, some people have it, some people don't, and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Like we're told that, you know, cellulite is so bad and there's all these creams. And and right now when we can have these conversations without her being exposed to all of that stuff, mm. um, yeah, it's really important to me. And and she was like, will I get it later? Like, will I, do I have some? And she was kind of checking. <laughs> and even my son was like having a look and <laughs> he's like three years old. And he, and I was like, no, like, I don't see any. And though, like, maybe later in life you will, and maybe you won't. And right. either way, that's okay. And no matter what, I'm still going to love you. And mm-hmm. you get to love your body too. I was like, your body's amazing. And it's okay if you have some, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything. So yeah like it's these moments now that in my unhealed state like I probably would have been mortified for the fact that she asked me you know what's that cellulite and I just would have been like so embarrassed and you know I I probably wouldn't have been able to have that conversation yeah yeah so yeah I mean I'm like that's lovely to hear because I found out just a few weeks ago I'm having a girl so yes did you Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so I'm 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 very aware of how like what you said, that generational thing. And I don't yeah. blame anyone before me for having no. these things. They're so ingrained and I get yeah, it. Yes. But I'm as like you, I feel really strongly. So and I'm sure a lot of people listening as well will feel the same because we're all trying to yeah. break that cycle. So that little yeah. example you just shared with your daughter is really lovely and I think you one thing you were talking about there because I think we on on the course we studied together there was a lot of talk about kind of 
maybe if I remember correctly, like body neutrality or neutral. Yeah. So saying cellulite's just f f how fat stores, some people, yeah. have, people don't, that neutral, it's not good or bad, It's it just is, is so yeah. important to be able to give them at such a young age, so yeah yeah definitely <laughs> and I agree with you like like you said I don't like this generational stuff all of our parents have been doing the best that they could with the resources that they had and like back in that day you know they grew up with really like the beginnings of diet culture and then they've lived through it evolving and evolving and evolving and so yeah I don't definitely hold that against anyone and I'm so compassionate for like that yeah and I know even now like there's part of me that kind of freaks out that am I doing enough for my daughter and my kids and I you know I sometimes I feel that there is that pressure now to be like oh my gosh and though I know I'm not perfect and again all I can do is the best that I know yeah. so if I can feel like I can have these conversations then yeah that's great that's really I mean that's as I say that that'll be great advice I think those two things just talking neutrally about body stuff to your kids especially if people listen yeah. to their kids and are worried about how they might pass even unconsciously pass that thing down but as you say it's come from a place of you being healed so that healing is so key and then being able to kind of have yeah. that sort of why do you think this is like just a general question why I mean why do you think we as I mean look men are affected by this as well no doubt but why yeah. is it why do we as women equate um because you I you picked I picked up it because you like to work out you like to be fit I'm the same why do we equate thinness and fitness so much with success do you think well because it's what we're taught yeah <laughs> we are so like that is diet culture like diet culture tells yeah. us that in order to be successful or worthy loved happy you have to be thin right yeah. so unfortunately this is a message that we are bombarded with you know basically every day of our lives mm. so until we really get to dive deep into that and and really just start like looking at what health and wellness means to us then yeah quite often we get stuck in this cycle of of chasing this mm. in ideal in the pursuit of oh like once I weigh this many kilograms or once I look like this then I'll finally feel good about myself and I'll finally you know feel successful or feel happy and though I know for me personally like when I got to that weight it still wasn't good enough mm. and I chose to then keep losing more weight and then you know there was never really that time where I was like yep I feel really great about myself mm. and I even noticed that now like it's funny because sometimes um like recently I was doing um uh, I was doing something for some content I was creating and I was looking for old images of myself when I was like my thinnest mm. and I actually like I actually don't have very many which mm. was so interesting to me and and it just shows that like even at my thinnest I still didn't really like want to take a lot of photos of myself or my body because I was still so self-conscious of how I looked mm -hmm. even though people were praising me and you know telling me how great I looked I I didn't ever feel still that worthy or or good enough mm. so yeah, wow. yeah. yeah it's it's such a myth that we're going to sort of feel a certain way once the scale says a certain mm -hmm. number what at what point did you because you said you know it's a process of healing when did you because I know you're a you're a health coach and you specialize yeah. in 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 exactly the things that you've worked through at what point did you kind of decide to take that step thinking like okay I want to really help other people with this so I was a teacher um I have been a teacher for 10 years uh primary school and generally working with 
um, special needs children, which I loved. Mm. And though when I had kids, uh, my, you know, like priorities changed and, and things changed in our life. And I also had um, a lot of difficulties at one point with my son. He had to, it was a kind of a random unlucky thing. He had to have surgery. He got inguinal hernias. So when, yeah, and he wasn't even two years old. So it was like, it was very out of the blue, really random. Um, And though cut a long story short, we had to, he had one emergency surgery and then they failed to acknowledge the second surgery that was, well, sorry, they failed to acknowledge the second hernia. So when I said to them, I'm pretty sure there's two. They were like, oh, well, we're not going to look for anything that, you know, isn't there. And I was like, okay. And so they did the surgery. And then when we came out of the surgery, after a whole lot of rigmarole, uh, then I I looked and the other one was popping out again, though, because it wasn't stuck like the first one he it wasn't classed as emergency so he had to go on a wait list and then of course like it was a time where everyone was getting sick it was kind of during winter I was trying to go to work Mm -hmm. uh, and every time I went to work then he would go to daycare and pick up something new again because it was his first year of daycare um work was quite full-on for me and I really just burnt out yeah and so there I was also dealing with everything kind of going on in my head. Uh, I had a lot of health problems myself. And then I was like, you know what? I need to start looking after myself and stop putting everyone else first because I'm really going to go downhill. My body broke out in a full body psoriasis rash. I had strep throat. Like, as we know, the body keeps the score. Absolutely. And it tells you and you need to listen. And so that was when, yes, I took some time off. And then I ended up saying, okay, like I love working with kids and though what else am I so passionate about? And I've always had a passion for health and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And though I guess I used it for evil in the past. Um, (laughs) And I mean that in like, you know, with disordered eating, I knew like so much about nutrition and calories and like all sorts of things mm. and though it wasn't really using my powers for good yeah so yes I decided to do the health and nutrition coaching course and uh, that was really yeah the beginning of it and I did like um, another course called neuro-linguistic programming oh yeah I did a, yeah a master's in that which is so powerful a lot about mindset and in and really there that helped me really move forward with my body image and my self-worth as well because you really dive deep into who you are there Uh, and then yeah since then I've really I mean I've I've always kind of during recovery I really like one thing is if you don't know if you can't afford to like see someone to help you out or you're not sure, you know, kind of what you're looking for. There are so many resources out there to really start you on your journey. So I I would say for like many years now, I've been, you know, listening to podcasts and reading lots of books and following along with lots of anti-diet dietitians and Mm -hmm. uh, body positive or body neutral accounts uh, all of these things have really kind of inspired me and I've learned so much along the way along with doing the study and then I really just knew once I was recovered I, I was like this is a gift like I have a whole new life mm. and I just I know I knew that in that the time where I struggled so badly, I felt so alone and so isolated. I felt like I was the only one who ever, you know, experienced these things. I'd look around at my friends and and people eating normally and 
I was like, man, how is everyone doing this? Like, I must be the only one who ever has all these like all consuming thoughts. And I thought I was kind of going crazy with it. And so, yeah, it really became apparent to me now that like that is my full purpose that I'm here for. Mm -hmm. I get to now share my journey and my experience and all of the learnings and like in hope of allowing those people to do the same and yeah and really supporting and empowering those women that are feeling those things to know that they are not alone and that yeah yeah. and so these are I guess then that's why these women's events that I'm doing it's really about like creating community and again yeah like knowing that you're not alone in this and being able to share these things and there's yes so much power in that yeah and yeah and now just I just get so yes you can see like I just get so passionate about doing this work and and I just know how very important it is and how much my life has been transformed and now I know that others can do the same so yeah it's really exciting that's so lovely. And I think, I don't know if you you would agree with this. I sometimes in the past, I've even felt like, you know, when you are just a bit hung up on food and I say just when you are very hung up on food, yeah. or hung up on exercise, I've often felt in the past, just myself a bit like shying away from talking about it or embarrassed to say it was a thing when I see someone with say a really severe eating disorder or someone with a really yeah. severe drug addiction I'm yes. like, oh, am I just being silly but it's yeah not, and I wonder if a lot of people feel like that because it seems because also as we as we were saying it's so normalized by the diet yeah. culture but it's very as you say it's very crippling like it really consumes you and it stops you from using so much valuable brain space yeah. um yeah so yeah i don't know if that read like if, if if you've ever found that when you felt like i i sometimes have felt like a bit yeah i don't know if embarrassed the right word but a bit reluctant to sort of yeah. speak about it and then i wonder how many other people feel like that as well yeah no i 100 percent resonate with that that was exactly me like because and and that I guess was a big part of why in the beginning I kind of just kept it to myself for a long time and I never actually sought help, which is I see now as like I was just prolonging. And I if I had have sought help in the first place and really shared everything that was going on, mm. I wouldn't have lived so long with all of this. But that was exactly it. I mean, eating disorders and like they don't have a look again, like health doesn't have a look, they don't have a look. And so when I saw myself, I thought, okay, well, I'm not really like, I, at one point I got quite thin for my, like my height and my body Mm. size. And my mom did actually send me to see a nutritionist, Mm. which wasn't helpful actually, because she wasn't, she was just a nutritionist, right. Who uh, told me to eat more, which was, (laughs) Well, because of course I knew I needed to eat more, but was yeah. I going to? Uh, no. Yeah, I was yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's none of food complex. that I was. Yeah. Yeah. So like I I um I knew that definitely like I needed help. And though yes, there were times where I thought, okay, well, I'm not skinny enough or sick enough to really qualify for anything. So maybe I don't have this or maybe I'm yeah like I don't quite fit the mold maybe it's more just in my head maybe I'm kind of making this up maybe I'm making a bit of a bigger deal than what it actually is Mm -hmm. so yeah I really like questioned my yeah my worthiness of actually getting help Mm -hmm. which is crazy because we all deserve that absolutely absolutely hello I hope you are enjoying this episode If you feel inspired by the conversation we're having to take your well-being journey that little bit further, you can now join Well Actually in Practice, a platform of hundreds of classes ranging from yoga and movement to breathwork and guided meditations to coaching classes and journal prompts. You can even find philosophy talks on there. It's a real 360 for your well-being and I'm really proud to offer it to you for just £15 
a month, which is actually less than the cost of a yoga class right now. And even better, you get to enjoy your first seven days completely free and it can be canceled anytime. There's no strings attached. Head to the show notes for the sign-up link to start your free trial or head to www.yogiel.com forward slash well actually. Now back to the episode. And do you, since you've been on this, this kind of healing path with your body, with food, do you have any kind of um, daily or maybe just weekly non-negotiables things you do that keep you in, that, that help you to stay in a mindset where, you know, you're not going to kind of, because as you said, even if you're doing much better, there's always going to be those little old things that crop up. How yeah, do, you, of do you have any practices you can share? Just simple things. So I guess a huge one for me is mindset yeah. Um, and really also self-compassion. So it's constantly coming back to being compassionate with yourself, acknowledging that like this healing journey is never going to be linear. There's always going to be ups and downs and yeah, really just meeting myself with compassion and kindness in those times. Mm. And uh, I guess mindset is constantly like, I don't even notice so much now that I do it all the time though. It's like just reframing, like there'll be times where, you know, you wake up in the morning and you feel great and then you might spot yourself in the mirror and then you're like, "Uh Oh, here we go. And you (laughs) have a little bit of a like, Oh dear. And though, like, it's those times where you'll say, okay, like, it's great. I don't have to love my body every day. Mm-hmm. And though I'm so grateful for my body and what it allows me to do. And like, it's allowed me to have two children and it's, yeah, it's constantly reframing those thoughts and, and bringing myself back to, okay, that's a thought and it is just a thought and I don't need to listen to that. I get to choose what thoughts I want to create and and really reframing those. So um, those are, yeah, big, massive things for me. Movement now is still just, it's really, it's always been there. And though, like I mentioned previously, it was always a means to change my body, uh, to shrink my body, to punish myself, to earn or burn food. Absolutely. And the movement now is so important for me still, uh, most certainly for my mental health. Yeah. It just, I just need it. And sometimes if I'm just like in a bit of a, like a jittery mood, even my husband's like, do you want to just like go for a walk or something? <laughs> like, do you need to do something? And I'm like, yeah. And sometimes I do. And, um, the the beauty of movement now for me is that I've been really just playing around with all sorts of movement and it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to take place in a gym or a specific location. It gets to look and feel for me, however I want it to feel and however I want it to look. And uh, one little thing that I've been doing recently and it's getting colder now, so I have to like watch myself is uh, I've been doing sunrise walks or runs and I just like love being outside, like the fresh air, the the birds. And even sometimes when I can't hear the birds because I've got my blaring music on, um, it's just like, yeah, being outdoors. And then when the sunrise comes up every day, Mm. it's like this, yeah, it's, it's a sign of this is a new beginning. I'm blessed to be here again. This is mm. my life. And I've been jumping in the ocean. And in the summer, it was much nicer and kinder. <laughs> <laughs> is that, do you, what ocean do you, is it the Pacific or the Indian um, Pacific Ocean? Yeah, I think it's a warm, it's a warm one, right? It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty warm. It's pretty warm. Um, You've tested me there with my geography skills. And as a teacher, I should go. Sure. Like, I'm so bad at geography, actually. I'll, I'll put that out there to the world, and that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, it's not too, like, at the moment, 
it's probably still been sitting like 20 degrees, Mm -hmm. which is not like too bad. Um, Though it's, yeah, it's definitely starting to get cooler though. It's just like most of the time, because I've been like running, I don't have my swimmers and sometimes I've had them in the car, but I'm just like, eh, who cares? So I'll just go, like I just take my shirt off and I'll just go in my sports shirt and my shorts or whatever. Love that. And just like there's just something so freeing about it and you just feel so peaceful mm. in the moment and in your body and just, yeah, just being, just being. That's it, I really. Love that. yeah. So, um, yeah, like movement and like uh, that was another one in amongst there is just nature. Like Mm -hmm. just really getting outside. I love sunshine and yeah. And I love just being outdoors. It's yeah. Yeah. Like really good for the soul, really grounding. Um, And what else? Also like a big thing for me is now which isn't very wellnessy for some people. And this is where like, yes, like we've kind of spoken. to look and feel wellness. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And so for me, like it sometimes looks like eating pizza now with my family. Like we have a pizza oven actually. And so we love making homemade pizzas. They're so great. And yeah, I just like, I had this moment the other week where it was a Friday night so everyone was, you know, feeling high because they was going into the weekend mm. and we made pizzas, we watched a movie together and we sat on the couch and uh, we all just ate pizzas. And it's those moments where like, I'm like, yes, I am alive. And this was yeah. all worth it Yeah, because I... I know past me and I like, well, actually this bring up a bit of emotion for me, yeah. but yeah, like past me, I couldn't have sat there with my kids and my husband and like fully been present in that yes. moment and just like eaten the damn pizza, like, and enjoyed it. And yeah, like really experienced it. And then sometimes it's those like little moments that now mean so much to me that I get to do those things. And yeah, like sometimes now I just, I eat the pizza and then later I'll be like, I I ate pizza and I didn't even <laughs> think about it. And now I'm, I'm like, I'm not even thinking about the fact that like I need to go to the gym tomorrow or like mm-hmm. anything like I think zero about it and so yeah it's like these little moments too it's it's focusing on really being present mm. with everything that you are doing and and yeah again really just like getting out of your head and and feeling all the things and that's what that diet cult that kind of di- that food obsession that exercise obsession takes away it robs you of your presence yeah amongst other yeah. things but it takes you out it means you can't enjoy a meal with your family because you're thinking about calories yeah we're gonna burn this off and yeah. yeah yeah gosh I mean if anyone you know for anyone who's listening who doesn't struggle with this kind of stuff I mean well done <laughs> but it's it is also it's it is and but then but many people do I think it is that simple thing of aside from all the other stuff it's just that you know, as you like eating with your family, eating with loved ones, it should be a, a joyful experience. Yeah. Just being able to, that is the best gift of recovery, yeah. of healing. I because guess. like diet culture tells us that food is fuel and food is calories. And, you know, like it doesn't tell us that food gets to be pleasure and it gets to be memories and it gets to be tradition and culture and, like connection, all of these other like special mm. things that mm. food is to us that, yeah, again, like you said, we're robbed of and it we're, it's it's taken away from us because it it food has to be this thing to help us look this certain way and, and be a certain way instead mm. of, yeah, to really like nourish ourselves holistically all yeah. over, yeah. You said a little earlier in the conversation about values and is that something you do when you work with clients? Do you get them to state that? Because obviously, as you just said, food has many, many values, but 
do you get people to kind of like list their values in life so like yes. for example family or yes or just whatever it might be and then yes. and then be able to build a picture around that is that something you you do yes most certainly and I was actually having this conversation with a woman the other day who like she was saying she's just she was really struggling with accepting body changes and like um she's also seeing a therapist who has um asked her to yeah eat more carbs and so we were having this conversation about like and I said it's really important like one thing that really helped me and yes I do share with others is like to get so clear on your why yeah so really like what is your why and it, it like like I shared before my big why for me was like really like family like if I wanted to have kids and it was also just like I wanted that the my freedom back and I I wanted to live my life and yeah and then that really like you just said ties in with getting clear on what you value and yes like example for me my values were family and having disordered eating and being obsessed with food meant that yes I couldn't have these dinners with family and friends and loved ones without like so much stress so much worry always like planning things or um like going to places and just not eating things as well because I didn't feel like that I'd exercised enough or that fit in with my diet at the time or whatever it was and and also like family being a value with disordered eating and eating disorders it takes away your presence as well like your presence with family um so much of my time was taken like where people would do be like doing events or and I would say oh I've got to go to the gym even or like do activities and things like that um another yeah value for me was freedom yes and being constantly consumed by thoughts of food and your body you have zero freedom and so yeah like you mentioned definitely like values are a huge part of helping you to remain focused on okay what do I truly value and is having this obsession with food and my body helping me to stay aligned with those values and with the life that I truly want to live mm -hmm. and I, I knew for me the answer was a hundred percent no and though now yeah what I value is a huge part of of everything so it's great that's so lovely. Oh, mm -hmm. Thank you. And thanks for sharing all of that. It's so amazing. Um, you share some really, really great stuff on your Instagram page, which I will, I'll link in the show. Yeah. Um, if someone were having a wobble, let's say, or maybe they've eaten something and they feel like, oh, I want to beat myself up about this. Either I want to eat more and kind of sabotage, or I want to go to the gym and, or just, just, you know, punish myself in some way what could you what would you say like what can that person say to themselves to just help reframe that moment that real like that that um break like that almost breaking point yeah so there's a few steps that I kind of like to follow in those times and it kind of looks like and it's the same as like if you're having a bad body image day you can kind of use these steps and so firstly, it's like acknowledging the thought and saying, okay, I'm having this thought that I've stuffed up or I'm feeling like really crappy about my body or whatever it may be. And, and in that moment, really, again, being compassionate to yourself, knowing that these thoughts come up, we are bombarded by diet culture who's constantly telling us, you know, that we shouldn't be eating this food or whatever it is. And so, yeah, it's really important if you feel like you've stuffed up just to show yourself compassion, think about, you know, how you would respond to a loved one. So many times 
we speak to ourselves so harshly and so critically and yeah like we would never say these things to the people that we love or people that we care about so it's really important in those moments yeah to really like acknowledge the thought and show ourselves compassion no we're not alone in that Mm -hmm. and then from there it's you get to, I guess, a, a great step is then identifying maybe what the trigger may have been. So if it was a food that you ate, like was it because you were labeling it bad or because you're telling yourself it's not healthy um, and or if if it was like a bad body image kind of tough time, did you see a photo of yourself? And mm. so, you know, has that triggered some thoughts? So really identifying what the trigger was so that that can also help you in the future Mm. and then it's then reframing that thought so yeah maybe it's uh, I ate something that was like chocolate for example huge weakness for lots of people (laughs) so maybe you plan to only eat one piece of chocolate and instead you've ate you've eaten two rows Mm. and now you've like oh I've stuffed everything up this is the worst, like I'm so bad and you, you know, all the guilt and the horrible thoughts come in. And though that's where you get to remind yourself who, who decides on the rules of how much chocolate I can eat. Food Mm -hmm. has no moral value. Food is food. So there is no like good or bad. And like a lot of the time that tiny, well, two two rows whatever it may be is like such a small part of our whole eating for the whole week and we we zoom in on this and we make it such a big thing and though when you zoom out it's actually not such like a big deal if if you've just done this one little bit though if you allow that to spiral that's where then it goes into further binges and like you just keep repeating the cycle. So it's really important, yeah, to just like reframe those thoughts. And again, if it's a body image thing, so if you've noticed the photo that you don't feel good in, then you get to say like, it's not my purpose, my life's purpose to look good in every photo. And, you know, I I know if you've ever taken like a beautiful like you've seen a beautiful sunrise and you've taken a photo and then just like doesn't look as good. Like you yeah. just don't have <laughs> yeah. And that's the same with us. It's okay. Like we have a lot of natural beauty and those not every photo is going to capture like the perfect angle and the perfect, you know, complexion or whatever it is. Like that's mm-hmm. okay. So yeah, it's really important then to reframe those thoughts, however feels good for you. And like we talked about, I think, being neutral about it is much more well is much easier for a lot of people than being like oh I I love my body and or like because it's it's it it can be really challenging to go from like criticizing yourself all the time to being like straight away positive like that's quite unrealistic um so yeah like if you can reframe your thoughts it doesn't have to be like oh, I ate the chocolate and oh, well, I'm so great. I still love myself and I'm still really happy because, yeah, maybe you don't feel happy. And though you can say like, okay, I ate more chocolate than I wanted to. That's okay. Then like how can I support myself moving forward? Yeah. Um, It doesn't have to mean anything about me. It doesn't change who I am that I ate more chocolate than what I wanted to. You know, you just get to be quite neutral about it and, and not let it then become a bigger thing that spirals into something else. Um, and then four, I think, is really then saying, okay, like, so I am upset at myself for this, for eating too much chocolate, or I am upset by this photo that I saw. So how can I support myself in this moment? What can I do? What do I need? And whether it's, I'm like talking to a friend, whether it's going outside in the sunshine or going for a walk or dancing and, you know, having like doing something that's fun, anything. There's, I mean, journaling, meditation, there are lots of different things that you can do to support yourself in that time. It's just mm-hmm. what works for you. And yeah, you get to decide on that. That's such great advice. Thank you, Ellen. 
this yeah, is absolutely. this was really really awesome to speak to you you are can you tell me where, where can we find you and follow you and all of that so you can find me i i'm primarily on instagram so that's probably the best place to find me uh at ellen toozy health Mm -hmm. and yeah I'm there creating reels and and doing all the fun things and sharing my journey and yeah all the the knowledge and experience that I have Mm. and do you coach people outside of Australia do you do international stuff yeah yeah so so people could get in touch with you there if they felt yes it's very Mm. easy to um click on the link in my bio or send me a message I'm open to all conversations and yeah, I have people dropping into my DMs, whether or not they specifically want coaching or just like sometimes to just have a chat. And I'm mm. I'm also all about that too, because I, I understand that, yeah, sometimes, like I said, this world, you can feel really quite alone and isolated, especially in this area of work. Mm. So yeah, I love to to have chats and, and support women in, in that space. Amazing. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks so much for being a guest. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hi again, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode. That was the wonderful Ellen Toosey in conversation about all things food freedom, body neutrality. Ellen is a brilliant, brilliant health coach and also, as you heard, just one of the kindest people. So I will put links to where you can find her, where you can get in touch with her, her Instagram page. She's also on Facebook. And if you're interested as well in some of the topics we were discussing and maybe you're on a bit of a kind of health coaching journey, maybe you're a wellness provider and you're looking to kind of expand into this world a little bit, I'll also leave a link to the IIN course that both of us studied, which is the psychology of emotional eating, if it's something that has piqued your interest. And uh, I will also pop a link to the practice platform, Well Actually in Practice, that supports this podcast. So it's a really nice place to go if you're kind of feeling inspired to get into a little bit of, you know, practicing these things. And it's movement, it's yoga, it's breath work, it's meditation, but it's also coaching as well. So things you, tools you can really build for yourself. And there's a free trial there available for you to take advantage of, allows you to use it completely free for seven days before you decide whether you want to commit. And if you ever have any questions about it, please don't hesitate to send an email. I am l at yogil.com. That's all for this week. I look forward to seeing you next week.